Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end a one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Boom, boom. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy the Blueprint, and I'm at the roundtable with my brother B. Austin for the Independence Day edition of the War Room. Salute and rest in peace to Frederick Douglass as this Independence Day series. But anyway, um, the NBA free agent frenzy has been fast and furious. You know what I'm saying? No rock. But we're still all waiting for the biggest, most important job, and that's the Kawhi watch, as we call him the mute. We don't know what he's going to do, and that's still going on, and, you know, hopefully we'll figure it out today. Probably not. We'll talk about notable location changes of the past week, and some players still on the market, so keep it locked right here. And to get in on the conversation, here's what you got to do. Go to the JW Fully Realty chat room, blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. You can also hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. That's at war room sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open the digital, digital technologies hotline to meet the digital stream technology. The number to that hotline is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, here's what you got to do. During the course of the week, make sure that when we're not live on air, you can check out all the archived episodes of our show on our network, which you can find at worldsports.com. You can find everything we do at worldsports.com. <laughs> you can also find it on our mobile app. On iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Speaker, Blog Talk, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Cast, Pocket Cast. Anyway, you get the point. Anywhere you find podcasts, you can find our podcast network to check out our show, as well as a bunch of other great shows. My brother B. Austin is in the building. B, what's going on, man? You just copped a new mansion. You having to cook out at the mansion today or what? I'm out here trying to avoid my house being burned down by all the fireworks that are uh, that are forthcoming. So you know we're doing the fire retardant, the fireproofing. Uh, shout out to you on um, Independence Day, man. What 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 uh what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for on Independence Day? How independent do you feel as a black man in America in uh, 2019? <laughs> uh-huh. You know what? What what is great to you? What's great to you about this uh, this wonderful time? Mm-hmm. No, it's an opportunity for me to celebrate the ancestors, man, specifically Frederick Douglass, who had the amazing uh, you know, speech about the Fourth of July. So, you know, to me, this is a Frederick Douglass day. I celebrate Frederick Douglass, and um, you know, so that that's what July Fourth means for me. You know, but other than that, man, like I. Down there in Georgia, did you do with the fireworks like that? Yo, fireworks are legal down here. That's all I have to say, and it's an open carry state. Oh, so they, they, they just, it's wild down there. Yo, white white boys find a hill, a dirt hill, they pull their guns out, and they just mm-hmm. shoot into the hill. And hopefully yeah. there's no black people on the hill. 
what pleasure do they derive out of doing that? Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't really tell you. Uh, I've only been to the firing range twice in my life. I enjoy shooting into the target. So I presume that it's a cheaper way of, you know, creating your own firing range. I don't know, but on 4th of July, uh, they get it in from, from eight to 80, dumb, crippled and crazy. Uh, they're letting off M80s. They're letting off uh, firearms. It's it's a really big deal to be able to blow things up and shoot things uh, on the uh, on the Fourth of July. Thank 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 you to uh, all the ancestors as you as you mentioned who uh, gave their lives on the journey here, uh, who gave their lives here in in service of building uh, this nation. Uh, and we're still not completely independent, but that's a whole nother stop topic and story for another t- day and time. But uh, man, salute. We here. Yeah, yeah, man. So it's, it's interesting because I've never been like a fireworks guy. Like to me, I just never got. I understand it. I mean, people are into different things, right? But I just never was a fireworks guy, and I just worry about the young boy because. Here in Philly, it's always the, the, the dirty young boys that uh, love fireworks, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light them up and go in the poppy in the poppy store and throw them in the poppy store. Yeah. Or am I telling them? I always worry. But um, I always worry about that, man, because on the fourth it's like they do it all summer, but on the fourth it's like accepted, so they 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 go OD with it, and you know, I always worry about that, man. So all you dirty young boys out there, make sure y'all stay safe with fireworks. Um, on this 4th of July, man. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about, man. And we're going to start with some hot topics, which is brought to you by my bookie. Look, we're going to talk about how much cash you can make sports betting at my bookie. There's tons of cash to be won. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, I just want to know what you're waiting for. You can get out some cash in the biggest games in sports. You can join the war room, thousands of other online players, placing bets at mybookie.ag. Um, as Gus says, you can make some sports investments. <laughs> If you're tired of getting a run around the services when it's time for a payout, go to my bookie. You win, pay fast, and nothing hassles. You're wasting your time sports betting and well. They even have in-game live betting. You can place wages after the game starts. I know that sounds crazy, but it's absolutely true. You can join now. They let me first deposit up to a thousand dollars. The promo code you must use is War Room. So go to mybookie.ag, and when you put in the promo code, put in WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, and you can activate this offer of them giving you a match. Visit mybookie.ag today, play it, win, and get paid. And it's really that simple. Be awesome. we got to talk about uh, NBA free agency first. So the biggest shooter drop in um, thus far happened right away was uh, Andy and Kyrie going to Brooklyn. Right? So there was speculation that the Knicks were in play. Most people thought KD after the injury, at least, was still with Golden State. So I'm just going to throw up to you and say the Nets. Why the Nets and not the Nets? Um, man, there's a couple of there's a couple of reasons. Uh, we're going to speculate, but I have it on good authority. I'm not going to tell you whose authority, but good authority that the logic behind going to the Nets was this. Kyrie is the alpha dog in this decision, and here's why. Kyrie has actually been a Nets fan all of his life. He grew up in northern New Jersey. His father 
through he were uh, season ticket holders to Nets games. And he's got relationships that he's cultivated through the years inside that organization. So he was always going to go to the Nets. DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie sat down and said, yo, we're going to New York. We need to know which team we're going to. DeAndre, his vote was for the Knicks. But because DeAndre really doesn't matter, his vote didn't count. So that can't that means it comes down to Kyrie and um Kyrie and Kevin <laughs> Durant. Kevin Kevin was interested in the Knicks. He was interested in the Knicks because he loves playing against the Knicks and in that building are but Kyrie did a great job of planting the seeds that Brooklyn is where it's at. And a part of that was, I believe, the Knicks, the New York media is going to be crazy. It's going to be insane in Brooklyn, but it's even more insane when you're playing for the Knicks. So they decided to say, listen, we might as well go to Brooklyn where it's going to be a little less insane and I'm more friendly with the organization. KD was like, look, as long as I'm in New York, I, I really don't care. So, hence, here we are. I think there's a lot of like pieces to this story, right? So, the, the, the one thing I found interesting is for this announcement a couple weeks ago, um, the, in terms of um, what they did agency-wise, um, Kevin was already um, a Rock Nation Louisiana. Um, Kyrie Irving switched his agent and, you know, is using the same agent as Kevin Durant, which is Rock Nation, which has ties to Brooklyn and the Brooklyn Nets. There's that aspect of it. Um, there's still that market of wanting to be in the U.S. in terms of, like, Nike. Cause I always think about the money to these things, right? So both of those are Nike athletes. Um, and you want to be in that New York market. Brooklyn is a team in Knicks, right? Um, they made the playoffs last year. The Knicks, I mean, the Knicks are back. Let me think. Let's the Knicks it. are back, but, they were, but back know. to what? <laughs> uh, so there's, like, so many pieces to this, and there's always been this allure of MSG and, and the Knicks brand. And we talk all the time about how some of these big brands in the NBA just don't hold the allure that they used to with these millennials. They don't care. Um and the, the Lakers came close to being a part of that as well until LeBron made his decision. But if LeBron doesn't make his decision to come to L.A., they were kind of been, it kind of been the same thing for them as well. So this whole thing of, you know, as you were looking at, there were certain teams that had the Lord to them and had history behind them that made the difference. But as culture and society changed, like, these millennials just don't care about that. And, you know, Yo, either, I, 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 agree. I agree with you overall. In the case of the Knicks, I don't even think it's it's so much that. When we look at millennials and look at their history, like, despite the story legacy of that franchise, if you go back a decade, they haven't been really good. For Like, if I'm a millennial and I'm growing up, all right, so the Lakers, I've at least seen Kobe. And I've at least seen Shaq and Kobe. I've seen that. Yo, the Knicks is like 
What have they done? Yeah, but you know They're what? Like, I think a lot of these decisions, I, I think now, more so than ever, a lot of these decisions are lifestyle they made, as, as well as um, not true, just sports. True. And, and that's true. Across the board in football and basketball. Cause On, ownership, at, ownership you know, too. Oh, ownership, man. Yeah, but listen, Cats know about Brooklyn right now. Cats know. Brooklyn is the most popping spot in, in, in New York right now in terms of what with gentrification. If you look at I think I read a stat that said that most of the actual Nets players live in Brooklyn. They actually live in the borough. Yeah, 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 that's true. So, that's true. So it's like what they're doing there, it, it, you know, it's more of a lifestyle thing than it is playing for the Knicks. Playing for the Knicks used to say something. So people say, oh, I'm a Knickerbocker. Like, it's a thing. It's not a thing anymore. Um, and I think that goes across, like, like all the sports. Like, it used to – like. And, and this is what I always talk about in sports being a microcosm society at all, right? So when you look at, you know, not even our generation, probably the generation before us, when people went to one place and they worked there until they retired and that was kind of just it, then that generation, you know, people left a couple jobs. Now the generations beneath us, they're like, they switch jobs. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm for hire. Who's got the biggest bag? And that's kind of how sports is. You know, we were coming up, guys would go to one team, they get drafted by, sign extensions, and be there forever. That's just not the case anymore. And I think part of it is culture, but I also think part of it is marketing the league. Because the league as a whole has talked about 24-7-364, unlike the other day before. That used to be just something that was reserved for the NFL. But the other day, when all this was going on in terms of um, people signing places as soon as free agency opened up, there was like an ex- – and I saw online that I – wow. And people literally on Twitter told me, like, yo, this is more exciting than the regular season. Like this, this whole arms race that happens every July 1st. So I think it's part like part marketing, but also part players not really caring about the, the, these teams and legacies, but also just – Basketball-wise, the Nets are a better organization. And then you have players behind the scenes, whether it's a you know, or a Nike. Like, all this stuff is strategic. So, to me, it's, one, it's, it's a whole big thing. It's a lot of different reasons. But I also agree with you, um, Kyrie, kind of like being the alpha in this. And, and because of the future of players that they are, a lot of people don't see that because we, we look at the best players in the alpha, and that's just not always true. Um, because from all accounts and, and – I don't have any inside knowledge of this, but just from the things that I've read, um, Kane was doing what Kyrie wanted to do. Where Kyrie wanted to go, and he was going. He wanted to play with Kyrie. So Kyrie takes Brooklyn as Brooklyn. You know what I mean? So the, <clears throat> that's kind of how that played into it. Um, a lot of people like to try to blame uh, Dolan for this, which is interesting to me because I get it. He hasn't been the greatest owner. But I think that was like after the, um, the field, the attempted – Actually, when he brought in Phil Jackson, that was his attempt to like kind of like separate himself from basketball. Like, yo, I have nothing to do with basketball decisions, and he's kind of put it in other people's hands. But I mean, they mismanaged. Bottom line, Phil Jackson didn't do a good job. You know what I mean? Um, so even though he's taking a step back and giving people the authority to to kind of run the franchise, has worked out. And the Nets alone, they got the building now. Um, Every time I look up, something's going on in the Barclays Center. So they're trying to, like, steal the whole shine from the Knicks. It wouldn't shock me. 
people look at these big institutions, and I look at big institutions. <laughs> Again, the whole idea of the microcosm of society, right? If you would have told someone 50 years ago that Sears would be going out of business, they would have laughed at you. You know what I mean? Um, Blockbuster was once dominant. It happens in sports too. You know what I'm saying? I, I talk to a lot of young boys who look at the Warriors as being like this great thing, but for most of my life, they were ass. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, hey, change, change is a constant. Change is definitely a constant. Yeah, and so, um, we're living in changing times. If we, if, let's, let's play like we have a, a time machine. If we go into the future, 20 years from now, would you be shocked if, like, <laughs> the Knicks are dominant in that New York market, and people like the Knicks. Like the Knicks become a put. Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think New York. I don't think the Knicks will ever fall completely out of relevance because of the value of the money that supports the value of the money that supports them. At some point, I believe they're going to get it right. And then it's going to be great for the city of New York because you're going to have two dominant franchises. That's what I actually see mm-hmm. in the next 20 years. I see the net, the Knicks getting it right. I don't ever see the Nets falling off because of the energy that's in Brooklyn, period. You know, and a whole new cadre of fans, a whole new economic, you know, uh, a whole new economic, I guess, backdrop for that for that borough. So I think that the Nets are here to stay in terms of relevancy in the NBA, but I think the the Knicks are going to bounce back. And 20 years from now, maybe even 10 years from now, you're going to see a rivalry in the city that is that is that's major, you know, but yeah. like any anything else in sports, I, you know, my my thing I'm going to go to go here with it. How good for the game is it? that the attention and focus is away from the game and development and more towards the branding and more towards the ancillary thing. Is that a good thing for the game or a bad thing for the game? It How is it going to affect the product? It depends upon who you ask. If you ask the owners, they're going to tell you, yeah, um, because you have a lot of people who aren't hardcore hoops fans who are in tune with your brand or paying attention to what's going on with you and your brand being the NBA, um, come to games. So sometimes when players switch and, and all that kind of stuff, it creates an excitement in these different markets, and you get a chance to see um, guys play with guys you would have never seen in the past. Um, I find it interesting to watch two things occur. So you have, like, Clutch Sports, uh, Rich Paul's organization, and Rock Nation, and to watch how they're – their power base within the NBA, and, it, and it's kind of crazy. So I want to see what's going to happen because um, um, these older, uh, they don't call them owners anymore. They call them governors now because that's politically correct. These these team governors, they want to get tired of these. Um, let's face it, they're going to get tired of people from our culture starting to consolidate power and take over their lease. And I want to see what's going to be the backdrop of that because now you have guys not even waiting until they're a free agent. Be like, yo, I don't want, I'm out of here, and here's where I want to go. Like, the players are becoming so powerful. That it, it, but at the same time, this happening is also bringing attention to the overall product 
and people are spending money. The NBA is making money hand over fist now. Now, as a, someone who loves uh, as a basketball purist, I guess your question is, is it hurting the game? And it also depends upon who you ask. Because um, even if there wasn't this player movement, I think that the game itself is changing based upon how it's taught and how players are coming up. So I don't know if the focus on marketing and the brand, a lot of that also has to do with society in terms of being in this culture of 24-7 media, access to social media, access to, like, you know, brands and teams and players' personal lives, interacting with them. All this plays a part in the product itself. So I don't know if I can specifically just blame player movement for that, but I think there's an overall shift in the game. And just as simple as how the pick and roll is defended, how data is used within the context of the game. There's a lot going on. Um, and some people will tell you that the game is better now than it's ever been, including some of the – Larry Bird said that a couple of days ago. He says he laughs when people always talk about my time, my time. He said these, these dudes are so athletic and so gifted and, and are bred – they're pretty much bred basketball players since a kid. And in his opinion, he was saying that they're far superior to him. So, you know um, – I don't know if I agree with that, and it could be revisionist history on my part, but I understand what he's saying. What he's saying is every generation, and this is not just sports, this is everything, believes that their generation is the best. And, you know, that's been proven. (laughs) But at the same time, um, technology and advancements make it so, you know, guys are like shooting from damn near half court these days. They're uber athletic. But at the end of the day, the product the product that you want to see. So it depends upon what exactly it is you're looking for. You, you're a basketball purist. You want to see the game played a certain way. So, again, it's all about your vantage point. To answer your question. Um, it, is, it is about – it is perspective. I, I mean, I, I get that. But I will go, I will go with um, certain intangibles that are being robbed of the game and the players that lead us down a path where I would say there's a certain degradation in the game. And here's here's what I mean. Huh? Give me an example of one of the intangibles that you're speaking of. Um, The legislation that's being injected into the game to make it easier for players. So now you have players that are bred you know, I, I definitely agree that we're seeing athleticism increase. Like you're seeing a more athletic player. You're seeing a player that pays a trend, attention to nutrition, you know, like never before, that begins working out earlier, never before. But the actual rules of the game and the way it's officiated, it, it feels to me and it, it looks to me as if they're making the game easier for a better athlete so that it increases pace and score versus in increasing skill and and thinking and 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 the evidence of climbing mountains so to speak in a game right so everything for me looks like it's a downhill snowball let's downhill snowball it let's make it easier so that we get more of what is sensational so that we attract 
the casual fan more because the casual fan wants to see dunks and they want to see long shots. They're not interested in almost anything else. You just want to see dunks. So then it's like, okay, well, go watch Slam Ball if that's what you want to see. <laughs> yeah, but see, I, it, it, I can make the argument that players today are even more skilled. I think a lot of times, first of all, because the game is so much faster and things go on that you don't recognize just how some of these guys are. Players that they are specifically, and I guess it depends upon how you want to break it down, what you're talking about defensively or offensively. James Harden is arguably the most skilled defensive player we've ever seen. It's kind of like nuts. You make that argument. I mean, uh, I'm, 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 I always find that interesting. I think he, he is a hell of an offensive player. And I honestly think, from what I've seen, some of the majority of his game fits in any era. But when people come with the skilled, right, so we're talking about a guy that has a hell of a, a, hell of a handle, a step-back tool, which he, he has recently said is in the, uh, in the same uh, league as, as, as Kareem's skyhook and Jordan's fadeaway and AI's crossover, you know, okay, I don't, you know, that's another topic. But when you're saying offensive skill, I really only see him use his, the dribble, the long shot, and a floater. So it's not like, okay, he's got a, a, a superb mid-range game or he's got great footwork in terms of the post. Like, when we say skill, there's certain skills that he exhibits that's like, okay, it's it's way above others. But it's not like he's the type of guy that's that can do or that exhibits that he can do everything everywhere on the court. So I'm like, eh, when we talk skill, I don't I, I'd put him in the top, you know, well, in the top there's a lot there's a lot more there's a lot more to his game than that. His ability to his ability to be as shifty as he is and control pace is a skill in itself. And at the end of the day at the end of the day for not the objective is to put is to put the ball in the basket. That's the objective. So nope. if you have someone who has tremendous footwork, but they can't put the ball in the basket, they just have tremendous footwork. And I, I, I would need guy, an example of somebody so, who has tremendous footwork but can't score. You said you would need an example of that? Well, I mean, uh, I an example of a guy. I don't know if has tremendous footwork, can't score. I can't think of anybody in the modern era, but I can think of guys in the past who've had great footwork but weren't that great, like an Otis Thorpe had good footwork. Um, but the fact of the matter is I don't necessarily study people's footwork because, to me, the objective is to put the ball in the basket. These guys are – so I would say that they're less skilled because it sounds to me like you're trying to say these guys come up they're not really taught their skills. I think they're actually taught their skills at a younger age now, and it becomes in nature. And a lot of times, us as people from our generation tend to look down instead of instead of. I don't think it's generally. I don't think they're generally skills. They're taught specific skills to score one on one. Like one on one, I don't think we've ever seen players develop one on one scoring skills to the level they are now. But that's not the only skill on the court, defensively or or for that matter, offensively. You know, it's not that you know. So it's like. And when we say scoring from Harden, I think he's a hell of a shooter. But I think he does he's, – he's, because he's a volume scorer, when you look at percentages, 
I don't even think his percentages tell the truth the truth of how good of a shooter he is because he's not super efficient outside of getting being able to get to the line. So him getting to the line increases the point total, and then you look at the number of shots he takes. Okay, he takes X number of shots, but he ends up with Y number of points. Why? Because he track he goes to the line. But it's not like he shoots a super high percentage. Well, again, his percentage his percentage is 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 not as bad as you make it sound. That's one. Two, it's not even just about his scoring. He controls the flow of the game. He's one of the league leaders in assists as well. Now, I don't want to make this all about him. I'm saying overall, guys are taught skills in the younger position to the point where, and the change in the game to me occurs when the big guys are taught guard skills. So the game is changing in, in essence because there's no longer a, ba- a need for a back-to-the-basket game or to have a big ogre out there who can do nothing but play with the back-to-the-basket. For instance, the guy Taco Falls, who's 7-7 and who dominated in the tournament, he wasn't even drafted. His game is antiquated in today's NBA. Now, he was signed as a free agent after the fact, I think by Boston or somebody. So he's going to get a shot, but the way his skill set is made up, he would have probably been a top 10 pick if this was the 90s or the late 80s, early 90s. Now, in 2019, he's not even drafted. So I think a lot of times because of the way the game is played, um, people from our generation tend to have this, like, you know, um, back in my day approach and everything was better. When it really, you really break things down, it isn't. Um, players have it's just a matter of back in my It's not even. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. A lot of times. We get caught up in we get caught up in um well it's just the highlights well a lot of people watch highlights on ESPN but yes these box the game the games aren't all dunks and threes and there's a lot of few shots that's because of the influx of data analytics into the game that's why the three point shots become what it is um and I'll be honest with you like from from a fan's perspective it is exciting to see people hit long threes because it's like. When I watch sports, I like to see things to me that are like um, to see have like a game of chess, the, the thinking part. But I also like to see people do feet that like aren't just easy or or ordinary. So when I see Harden go off, or I see a, 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 a go off, I see a Katie go off, or I see LeBron down there, it's like to me that that is exciting. Um, so. I don't think the game is in best shape, but I also understand that there's two pieces to it. There's the business of basketball, and there's the game of basketball. And those things, mm-hmm. they won't always align. They won't they always They do align. not always business, The business of basketball is in, a, is in the greatest place it's ever been. I think the money is insane, both not, not just for the players, but for uh, ownership as well. I ain't calling them governors. But for ownership as well, I mean it's at a it's at another level, but I think there is definitely a legislation of the game. Um there's a legislation of the game to make it easier and to make it more focused on your splash plays as opposed to the substance uh of of the game. And I, I, I think that that takes away, like you said, from a skill standpoint, developing guard skills. What what I interpret that to be, which is not, you know, it may be different than what you, you mean. What I interpret that to be is, all right, a big man will face up, dribble more, and shoot a, long, a longer shot. 
and move further out. So you're dribbling more and you're shooting a longer shot. Are you? Uh, does that equate to a, a better quality oh, game that's, because that's I mean. your scoring skills that's are better? That's what I mean. I look at, I look at, someone, mm-hmm. I look at someone like Ben Simmons or a Greek Freak. These guys in the talk to play with their back to the basket. They don't play with their back to the basket. And either one of them are, are pulling up and shooting a longer range shot. Ben Simmons ain't shooting nothing long range. <laughs> Even yeah, if he yeah, should, not at all. So, but he has guard skills. He can, can he can handle the ball. He can he can see the floor. He can pass the ball. He can distribute the rock. He can lead the offense. He, and this is a he, guy he who's six eleven. He's a hell of a passer. He's a hell of a passer. Dribblers, eh, they handle you know in context for him being six nine six ten. His handle is amazing. Um, but I think you get right. So a handle. A handle a handle a lot of times mm-hmm. people can like, you know, um exhibit a certain uh as we call in the hood a pat or or, or yo yo such as like a not the dribble we're, we're not talking about not Yeah, that's not us. We not we his handle his handle is 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 is, is very, very good considering no the size, than, not just it's no worse than dribble it's no worse than Magic Johnson. It's no worse than Magic Johnson who who many people consider the greatest point guard of all time. He didn't necessarily have a handle. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But he no, his, his dribble. Yeah, his, his handle was immaculate. His dribble was okay. So there's a difference between the two. You know, you can you can be a great ball handler without being some super fancy Kyrie Irving dribbler, or going back in the day, an Isaiah Thomas, or a tiny, or a, 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 a AI. Yeah, like he wasn't. I got you. But you also went to two examples that are the exceptions to the rule. Ben Simmons and Greek Freak are exceptions. They are exceptional in what they can do and their skill set and in their athleticism, all three, especially Greek Freak. So when I move off of the exception and back to the team, there's guys like that on every team. There's a Kevin Durant. There's a Poisonous. There's 6'11 guys on on, (laughs) at this point. There's so many of them that it's kind of crazy that – it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually impressive how many guys in the league are like that. Even a guy like Tobias Harris, when he first came in the league, they tried to get him to bulk up and play a power forward. And he's like, no, but he developed his guard skills, and now he just signed for $180 million. Like, there's so many of these guys. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the guy in Chicago, I can't think of his name, the, top of head, the guy who's always dunking on people. There's so many of these guys who were 6'10", 6'11", who have guard skills. Zach Levine's another one. Max Zach, as we call him. Uh, there's so many guys like this um, that it's almost crazy. It's crazy to see. Mm-hmm. And there's guys coming up now with the same skill set. So it's how they've been taught. Like, if, if back in the day, Kevin Durant, they would have made him bulk up and play in the post. And he mm-hmm. would have been this guy who oh, we consider to be one of the all greats. Based upon his skill set and size and ability to shoot over people, so I don't think the game. You know what? From, to me personally, someone who watches basketball day in and day out, I don't think the game is as bad as a lot of people that. But I, but I also get it because I because even in me reminiscing over say the '90s or whatever, I remember talking to the OGs who told me this ball was trash. It wasn't as tough as it mm-hmm. was in the '60s and '70s. They damn near played football with each other in, in their little playing basketball, like. So I get it. I totally get it. 
But I think that if, if someone were to take their time and actually watch all the games and break it down, you'd be amazed at the skill set of some of these young guys. And I think a lot of times take it for granted because they are so athletic. I I I I don't want to get too far down too far down in the weeds on on that. But two of those examples that I'm thinking of, when you say Kevin Durant, I think he doesn't fit necessarily because I, when I see him, I actually think of him more as a conventional player. Despite his height, he's a three. He plays the three, plays the four. He no, can play my, multiple my, positions. My my point is, if if the times weren't changing, when he was younger, they would have forced him to bulk up and get in the post. They've never even got a chance to be in the league with this set because back in the day, once you got above like six, seven, six, eight, they tried to put weight on you and make you like you know, um, Carl Malone type. Who he he himself kind of like go back away from that and develop a little mid range game. But back in the day, once you got to a certain size, it didn't matter what kind of skills you had. It, it literally didn't. Well, why, like, I don't know. I remember Ralph. I remember Ralph. I remember Ralph Sampson at seven feet playing the three, and I, there were there were a couple guys whose skills. Now, now whose you, skills, want to talk, you want to talk about the exception? He was the exception, and they still tried to make him play in the post. When he was from Virginia, they used to try to make him play in the post. They did make him play in the post, and the only reason he got a chance to exhibit some of his skills when he got to the league is because he was playing alongside. Another guy who was a, a you know two mm-hmm. towers so to speak when he played with Hakeem, so he got a chance to like you know show more of his skill. But they were trying to they were trying to they weren't even allowing him to show his full skill. Because you are right in the fact I'm, that I'm, I'm, not, skills, I'm not against, he, he I'm not against anybody demonstrating, demonstrating skill. I, I I specifically am looking at the way the game is being legislated and officiated. Um, positionless basketball isn't necessarily a bad thing. But when you legislate the game to make it easier to get splash plays, I think it, it hurts the integrity of the game, and that's that's some of what I'm seeing. But Guys think, like Kevin Durant, right, I, I don't think they really, I don't think they really. Kevin Durant, first of all, is a hyper exception because he's going to end up in the top top twenty if he's not already, and maybe even top ten of all time. But even Kevin, Kevin's game, the way he developed his game, people think of him for the splash plays. But Kevin will slow the ball down and go in the post and get a bucket because he's so tall, all you got to do is turn around. I can catch the ball at 12 or 11 and just turn around and hit. So he does post up. There are guys that, are, that we think of as power forward that are listed at the four that can't post. Like I'm a power forward, but I don't, I'm not able to post up. I don't rebound. Yeah, that's also because – that's also because of the change in the game. Most of the post players in today's game are guards, believe it or not, because the game has changed. Like a lot of the big guys, yeah. Tyson Chandler kind of thing in terms of being someone yeah. who's able to um, be athletic, grab rebounds, uh, set amazing picks, and roll to the basket. So that and, and the Jimmy, who who player in the East when you get past Kawhi Leonard? Who's the best player in the East? Oh man, that's tough. Um, you got guys up there. You have, I mean, the MVP. I mean, you got up here. He's an MVP at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Joel Embiid. Um, All right, stop right there. 
that that that's what I was looking for. And I and I give Giannis because he won the MVP. He may be second. I think that meltdown in the playoffs. And but he may be second. Joel indeed. I oh, think it's hilarious. He didn't melt down. Mm-hmm. If you watch that playoff series and look at his numbers, he didn't melt down. His team didn't win. They got outplayed, but he was there. He did his part. But, I mean, they, they still lost. He did, so, he but did. I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't like, call what happened to him. I don't why did his part on, on him, too. But my, my point was going to be stopping at Joel Embiid is the fact that even though the game is, is far away from the post, the thing that's going to allow him to dominate is despite the fact he gets falls in love with the three-point line, he can go on the block, and there's just no human being in the league right now that can stop him from getting 12 to 15 points on the low block. Even though the, the, the game, it's almost like he's a throwback in a sense because he'll go down on the post and go Hakeem on you and get 15 of his 30 off of post-ups. And he can shoot. Don't get me wrong, he can shoot all the way out to the to the to the three, to the tray ball, but his skill set and what I think makes him the best center in the world and a top ten player is the fact that he's so versatile now that he's not your 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 typical I'ma just stand around the the the, the uh the perimeter and create space for those that are gonna drive to the basket, Ben Simmons. I I can go on the block and give you hell if I need to. Yeah, but at the end so of the day, like, how does how does that that skill set there translate into wins and losses in the game today, right? But the thing about well is he's versatile, so I wouldn't even I wouldn't even limit him to just that. He's pretty much everything. He's probably one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Um, he's a great passer. Um, he does, he has the total package. His his issue well, is great, great his health. Breaks usually mean the great you do. They can do it all, but I think his I mean, post game. Yeah, I, 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 I would disagree with that. Too. I would disagree. There's some greats that, uh, um, you know, so, I mean, I, Magic's a great. He has limited, a limited uh, parts of his game. Dr. J is a great. He has parts. Of, I wouldn't say the greats can do it all. Let's just say that um, some greats are well are, are versatile players. But my point in that is, what makes him a top ten player to me is not just his. It's every it's everything else. That's just like one tool that he has amongst a ton of tools. Um, but at the end of the day, I still often wonder what does that translate to in terms of wins and losses in today's game. I look at Demarcus Cousins and his skill set before before the injury and all that, and it really, it doesn't really translate into wins. Like you look at the, the the teams that win, and they have dominant wing players. Right, which is why Ben Simmons is so important into what the Sixers do, because those are the guys that you know, spacing is important in today's game. And a lot of times we talk about how the game is legislated, but we always talk about also how the players are bigger, faster, stronger. So you can't really have to space. if you if you allow players with today's um, athleticism and size, Paul, play with the rules of say the sixties or seventies. Yo, cats would be knocked out of games pretty much like every game. Like, it can't happen. It's kind of like um, the NFL trying to figure out a way to stop their injury problem because cats is big, fast, strong, and you, you got to change the rules. Hmm. So that makes yeah, it like to a, a degree. Uh, no, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a double sword, though. Imagine some of these, like, these guys, these 6'10", 
diesel dudes running around playing with 1960 rules. You can elbow and hand check all crazy. Like, yo, I mean, it might be entertaining for us because it'd be a lot of fights. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man. So, but anyway, man, we went off on a, a good tangent, good conversation, though, because I think that um, – You got to talk about Clay. Yeah, I think I think that it's a, a great conversation. And, and Tobias, I see you. We about to bring you on in a week. Uh, in, uh, not a week. Bring you on a couple of minutes. Um, but basically, just talk. We you know, how we got that far into the discussion of the game, probably because of uh, start talking about the Knicks and the changes of the guard, so to speak, in, in New York with Brooklyn. Um, but um, the Knicks struck out all together. Uh, Clay stayed in Golden State. Not much there. Um, Kawhi. We still know what Kawhi is doing. My question to you, and Tobias, I want to get your opinion as we bring you. I'm going to start with B. Austin. Uh, what's your opinion on how Kawhi is handling free agency? Do you like it or do you dislike it? I think he's in a, I think he's in a catbird seat, so to speak. I think he's in a great position. Um, and because of who he is, what he's done, and his value, he's able to dictate uh, the way this goes. So I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at it. I don't think it's a it's a bad thing. I'd like to see him. Primarily, I'd like to see him stay in Toronto and try and do it again. Um, my only mm-hmm. – listen, the only thing I care about personally, yo, Kawhi, just don't go to the Lakers. As long as he don't go to the Lakers, <laughs> I don't care where he goes. Just don't go to the Lakers because then that crosses off another all-time great that I can't root for or support or get behind. So just don't do the team up there, man. You got a, you got a, you got a squad. Now, you won a championship with Fred Van Fleet, who was balling. By the way, he was balling. Come on, man, just do the right thing, or go to L.A. and go to the Clippers. Oh yeah, for you, obviously, you need him to go to. Yeah, but but at the same time, to me also, I feel like, I feel like he's a little different than all the rest of the guys too, because he can say he can literally say like, yo. I've done it without this. Now I'm just going to make, make it easier to add numbers onto my chip count. Um, but I've shown you I've done it, you know, I've done it the other way. Um, it's funny because on one hand, it's like, yo, dude, make your decision already. But so that's me from my, my vantage point. But then, like, I was talking to someone today, and they were like, they were talking about, like, the way I handles the game overall. Like, not allowed, not flashy. He, he's very, like, um, he comes off as very humble. Um and he does things at his own pace and doesn't doesn't like fall into the traps of like social media and all these kind of things. He, he does him. He was like, he said, he's like, I have a son. I want my son to kind of like look up to Kawhi. Not necessarily look up to him. He said, I want him to mirror the way he handles the game after Kawhi. You know, granted his son is three years old, but he was talking about um, it's his son going to be a basketball player. Be like this guy. Don't be like those other guys. Like, you know, move your own pace. Be very humble. Be quiet. I was like, I never thought about it from that perspective. Um, but he's not flashy. He's going to take his time and make a decision. And he's not letting the pressure of everybody else push him to do something. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I was like, okay, that's a different way to look at it. But at the end of the day, I still want the board to sign just from my personal either, either way, I don't care where he goes either, to be honest with you. Um, but I ain't on front like I ain't been on updating Wolves' Twitter page trying to figure out what's popping. But I'm mean, let's get that by some real quick. I want to get his opinion on this as well. Before we grab before we grab brother Tobias, we we did kind of gloss over Clay and the Warriors, 
And the question that has to be asked, and, and Tobias will get your opinion as well, are they still playoff contenders? Are they championship contenders? How smart was it to get something for Kevin Durant leaving and going to Brooklyn where you get uh, the snitch to kind of come in? And the snitch has gotten a lot better, you know, but you're, you're, you've lost your, your bench. You lost your bench before, but now you've lost, you know, Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up when we talked about all the different moves in terms of like uh, D'Angelo sure. and all that. But I mean, you want to talk about it now? We can talk about it now because you know, we'll talk about it later. But we can we can talk about it now. But Clay stays. Um, I have my Clay stays. I have my opinion on that. But let's see what the let's get to buy let's get to buy it on and uh and see these things. So roll this tie to bias. What's up, good brother? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? I know you guys are standing in line getting your Thomas Jefferson Monticello 11s at the store today. Uh, but here's the thing, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even touching that topic. But uh, y'all talking about, like, I'd say the Warriors first uh, to get on Kawhi. The problem is, like, what people aren't thinking is, Draymond Green is going to be higher up on the pecking order now in the scoring department. He can't just be, hey, I just dribble all out of control and throw it to a wide open Steph Curry now. They're actually uh, all counting him to score more, and I don't think he could do it because they leave him open for a reason. And he's in a contract year, and he is expecting to get the max from the Warriors. I believe the Warriors don't want to give him the max, and I don't think anyone else in the league is going to give him the max. So he's going to be a problem, I think, also. And I I think they're going to be bottom of the standings because of depth, because Steph has to do more. There's no one on there that can take – D'Angelo's a better player now, but there's no one who can take that pressure because what people don't realize about them, a lot of their threes came off those broken plays where they get those rebounds, offensive rebounds, and they run around and they get open. But they also get to the basket a lot, a lot of backdoor cuts. But if the only guy you fear is Steph, it's going to be tougher for them because Draymond's not going to do it. Looney's not going to score for you. Where else are they going to get these points from? And that's the thing that's going to hurt I mean, here's my – well, here's the thing, right? So so people like the KD leaving, but to me what it sounds like is this was bound to happen anyway. So let's just take Katie yep. out the Let's say Katie never goes there. They were already a championship team. Um, they went 73-9 and nine in one season. But the fact of the matter is, what it looks like to me is all the guys that are the, your core guys, your Clay, your Steph, your Draymond, um, and even Iggy, mm-hmm. who, who's now gone because uh, he went family. But when they were doing that, guys weren't playing under max deals. So now you're coming to a point where guys are looking to get paid for the past work they put in. So whether KD stays a glue, guys still want to be looking to get paid for that past work they put in. So, and to me, this you know you said a little was in the um, the comment that you made, but it, in tying that into the bigger conversation that me and B Austin had, this is also what's interesting about sports talk in general. Like when you were coming up as a kid, did you even know about sex contracts and players' salaries? And we didn't even talk about that kind of stuff. Now that's a top discussion. Even when we talk about how a team fares with the players they have, the first thing to buy is well, he's gonna be looking for a max. Like that's part of the overall discussion. Now, to me, 
and, and the problem is that uh, one, Alba, I said in the group chat that I believe the NBA has a salary problem. Not that the fact you know you always want the brothers to make their money, but the problem mm-hmm. is you got B players making the same amount of money as your top players in the B. league. B, and, and, B, Tobias, you got you got A, you got C players. You got yeah. C players well, because, making A players. Well, that's because of that. That's because of that's because of how if you really think about it, Tobias. It's because of how great some of these young guys are. Because the way the money is spent now is it gets bigger as you put more years in a league. So if you're a veteran player, but you're a senior player, but you've been in a league, you know, nine or ten years, your your max is going to be higher than someone who's probably better than you, but only been in the league two years. You know what I mean? So you got a guy. Um, uh, what's the from Milwaukee that's got that big deal? Middleton. Um, Middleton. Middleton's deal is bigger than like someone say like a Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons, most people will say he's a better player, but it's that time in the league that makes the difference. Um, and that's what Yo, the players wanted because they Chris, they felt like the work you put in, you should get paid. Chris Middleton, I I. I I, I call it, and it started before this recent collective bargaining agreement, I call it the the Michael Redd-Rip Hamilton effect. And you could even throw Joe Johnson in there. Now, all three of those players were players that I, that I like. One of them I love. But there's no way that you max those guys out. And this is over a decade ago. So now we've seen the metamorphosis to where LeBron can walk in the office and tell people, yo, Get my man Tristan ninety, huh? And, and and to Jimmy's point, the younger guys are looking at this, and even more, their agents are looking at this. So everybody's just pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope. And you could say, if you make the comparison and contrast to real estate, it's a bubble. It's almost like it's a bubble, and it's gotta it's gotta burst. These salaries are a bubble. Like there are guys I I go through rosters and I don't look at I don't look at, you know, the obvious. I look at a guy that I've only heard his name a couple times. I look at a guy who I've never heard of and I go check his salary out and I'm like, yo, why does Jeremy Johnson <laughs> make, you know, eighteen million a season? And I'm like, yo, I don't even know who you are. This is like baseball. Like you could walk awesome. down the street and I can look you just a tall dude, and you getting but you getting but eight but to nine figures. Here's the thing, though that that's what the market bears because at the end of the day, the players are partners with with, with the league, uh, whether we want to admit that or not. Um, you know, I guess you can make the argument they're still employees, but at the end of the day, the way they contracts, they have to get a certain percentage of income. This shows you where the income is now. So, like you mentioned earlier, you mentioned a couple weeks ago, the business has never been better. So they got to spend bread yeah. somewhere. So now they got to spend this bread. They got to spend this bread. You got like you know six eight boys that can't do nothing, getting you know getting chi- getting under this chicken. Oh. Like, so, no, God, what are, yo, God bless. To be alive. Paul. I, I know. God, true. God bless Chris Paul. Do you know the numbers on Chris Paul's contract? By the time Chris Paul's contract is done, he's not even going to be able to play basketball. Like he won't even be able to play in the big three. But he's going to be getting forty million a year. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, you know what I think it is. These teams, it's like 
this is why I think the problem with like you know having too many teams, all these teams that fly over cities. Everybody, the players come in at 19, and you're hoping they pan out because you just don't know because they're so young. And we know AAU coach is not really good coaching. Uh, it's just a guy. It's just, it's just a guy in a windbreaker suit or the Sean John Floor suit from 2003 rolled the ball out. Uh, but the thing is that if you don't have those players, so these and some of these teams that are so scared of losing a player, where it's like we don't get anybody else, we'll keep this. But at the same time, you're stuck with that player because the NBA makes it so restrictive to make trades. Because we don't think Chris, we think Chris Middleton's a nice player, but he ain't all that. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it's gonna be hard for them to trade that contract because teams will be like, "Well, I'm gonna give him that, pay him that." Because the salary's got to match, yeah. and I believe that's the one part of the NBA that makes you stuck Yo. when you sign a deal. No, I get that. I'm, I'm with you. I get that. I get that. But that, that's his market value. He just made the all-star team. So as soon as he made right. the all-star team, I know him and his agent is like, he's an all-star, man. And, I, and, and I'm with you, Tobias. I'm with you. But the only way, the reason that this loses steam to me is Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson is not a better basketball player than any of us. He's just taller. My man got $84 million. So how is it? Here's another one. It's like when you guys talk about the post game earlier. Joel Embiid, for some reason, people try to make it like Clint Capella's and a Jerry Allen. I think that's a guy with a fro in New Jersey, in Brooklyn, because they create space. I'm like, but, it, but it's like, but, but yeah, but look at Brooke Lopez and Mark Gasol, right? They can't hit the outside shot. But when, but this is what Milwaukee messed up at. When they couldn't get a bucket, newsflash, people, Brooke Lopez can't get a bucket in the post. Let's let's see if we get an easy basket here. I think I think these teams have gone so off to the let's, let's jack of threes where they, where they should be like Stanford. And I know y'all have big college football guys, but. In the Pac-12, they do a lot of running, flipping around, a little soft, fat football, whatever. Stanford's like, yep. well, they doing all this. We're going to pound you. And they've been running the Pac-12. So, I say this. I think sometimes these teams got to understand. These big, some of these big guys totally just agree with you, Tobias. Yes. And then yeah, you got to take advantage of those now, guys giving gifts. Now, Tobias, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Tobias, and be honest about this, right? Let's be honest here in yeah. your own voice. Um, Brooke Lopez has been in the league for a long time. Over the last two to three years, he's developed a three-point shot. And what happened in this offseason when now he is now he's a legit point oh, shooter? Oh, oh, I said that, but what I'm saying is that let's not forget that other aspect of his game in case you need a bucket. You know, we, let, it, 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 yeah. like, let's but, not but, forget, That's my point. At some point – Season he was leading the league in three shots. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's funny to me. Like he developed a three point shot, and now he got like a gazette. What, kind of, what, was, what was his numbers on his contract? And he actually making he it when he got a year, contract. He? Like um, yeah, he got. What did he get? He got a uh, he got a huge de- uh, deal this this past all season. He, he's making something stupid. But anyway, so so but I. I understand what you're saying about the whole Pac-12 analogy, but again, 
A lot of you, a lot of arguments that you're making to me don't really evolve, revolve around the players not having the skill. It revolves around the aspect of analytics getting into the game. Um, yeah. But let me and, let me tell you guys this: you can rest you can rest assured you can rest assured that that's here to stay, and it's going to play a bigger role in football as we move forward. Because you know what I think, you know, like people, for example, I'm like, why the hell did Houston give Clint Capella twenty million a year and all he can do is catch alley oops? That's all he can do. He can't even shoot a jumper. <laughs> but yeah, listen, man, it, it boggles my. I'm, I'm of the opinion that all these young boys owe Tyson Chandler a check because he revolutionized yeah. the game oh. in his own way. Listen, I don't have to be able to score. I have to be able to to to, to defend. And rolled to the basket, and he was like one of the best at it, and made a career out of it. Do you guys remember Tyson Chandler came in the league? He came in the league. What's the other boy he came in the league with that? Uh, that they both ended up on. Oh, the oh, mix. oh, um, oh, 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 oh! You mean when we traded the Curry. rookie year Elton Brand for fat ass Eddie Curry? Eddie yeah, Curry, that guy. Eddie Curry. So, so oh, those guys when they came in, they were supposed to be like offensive juggernauts, and all of a sudden Tyson Chandler like he struggled a little bit in the beginning, and then he figured it out. Like, okay. He figured out a way to make himself valuable in the league without being not a, not, all, not only that, not only that, he figured out how to get them to rewrite the rule book on rebounds, and so now a tap out becomes a rebound. Yo, he yo he yeah, also so he's, he's so everybody gets all these young boys owe Tyson. Couldn't Capella should send a um he should treat Tyson Channel like his upline. He should give him a piece of everything he gets because. That that to me, watching the game in, in in my era, that that to me is when I saw a change. Like, okay, so there's value, and now everybody wants to have one of these guys. You got a guy like Rudy Gobert, and and I'll tell you this: I've watched several games, and I'm I'm usually watching to see the young boy jack it up, um, pause. Uh, but what I noticed <laughs> in watching that game is Rudy Gobert, like literally, he dominates games and he can't score to save his life. But every shot that goes on in the paint, like whether he gets a piece of it or not, cats are like changing their shot. Yo. He's grabbing rebounds. Rudy, I will give you that. Yo, Rudy Gobert, it ain't just he can't shoot. Rudy Gobert has, is offensively useless outside of maybe setting the screen, <laughs> and he dominates the game. I don't know that my man knows how to play basketball. They just say, get out there, put your arm when you see the ball go up, swat at it, and that's it. That's it. It's and he cries. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I? Now I'll say you guys were talking about Kawhi also. I think the thing people gotta understand also, he just won a championship, so I don't think he's focused on free agency while they was trying to win a championship. Uh, like LeBron's of the world, they had more time because, you know, it, it won't make the playoffs on these other guys. Like, you know, they make the playoffs so they got eliminated. So they had more time, like Kyrie, to focus on their free agency. I like how he's handled it. You take your time. You make a decision what's best for you. Uh, I notice, like, the white media hates the fact that Rich Paul and, uh, you know, a.k.a. Jimmy Hart and Uncle Dennis kind of throwing their weight around. When the brothers throw their weight around, they don't like that. But I kind of I think it does make financial sense if he does the two years of Toronto to get to that ten year crazy max. If that's what he wants to do, if he wants to go to stay in Toronto, cool. There's just something that I like 
when you say, okay, LeBron coming to town playing Kawhi, or Kawhi coming to town to play against Greek Freak. Now, hey, all three or four of these guys on the same team coming to town. I, I, I just think that I just like that comp- like competing against each other because I believe the Lakers are fine hey, listen, the way man. they are. It's, it's two ways to buy. It's two ways to look at it, man. What I can tell you is the Harlem Globetrotters been selling out arenas for about a hundred years, um, and they got all the talent on the one team. But anyway, besides that, um, huh? Say, come on, man. We're not we're not trying to bring the Harlem Globetrotters to the NBA, though. Yes, we are, because because I want to see, I want to see dominance. I want to see them completely dominate other professionals. But um. You know, to your point, to your point though, Tobias. He, I mean, what do you think about what um, Lou? Uh, and I don't know if you saw this. Did you see what Lou Williams said when he uh, Gilbert Arenas' podcast about playing Toronto? I left overseas, right? So I, I really speak on that time, my time in the service. It is different. Did you? What, uh, okay. So, so what, that, does that resonate with you? Did you understand what he was saying? Did you agree with it? Yeah, I agree, but at the same time, you got – and I live in worse countries than Canada and worse cities than Toronto, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I lived in countries – I had to spend time in countries where you couldn't get YouTube, all right? They banned it. But I, I think oh, man. what happens I is – I can't, I can't live without YouTube, my G. That's what I'm saying. So, yes, of course they're going to show Canadian news because guess what, Lou? You're in Canada. Uh, you know, sorry, but now he's right. Now, B. Austin, to give you some context, I'm not sure that you saw B. Austin, but what Lou Williams was, he said that um, a lot of times people don't realize it's difficult to play in Toronto because you are in other country. He was like in small things. He said in small things start to get you, like having to go to customs every time you go home, having your kids being raised as Canadians going to uh, Canadian schools. He was like something as simple as just. Yo, y'all got different TV channels. He was like, all of these things, even though they seem small in aggregate, they start to bother you. Um, and you'd be like, yo, I want to go home. So, yo, like, if he said, if he said that bad in Toronto, he definitely ain't go for European ball or Chinese ball. Yeah, because, see, here's the thing also. DeMond DeRozan never wanted to leave. And I'm not saying no, he's the same player as Kawhi, but he never wanted to leave. So it's all about what – because I've been stationed with cats in the military. But here's the thing. Like, I've been stationed with cats who live overseas that decided to retire and get out and stay in those countries. They like it. It just depends on the person and what they can handle. And he so that, to me, that's, that's a personal choice. True. But, but also, let's not, let's not let, let's act it's like tough. DeMar has the same choices as Kawhi. Kawhi, Kawhi got the world open to him, and you better believe that um, he got to deal with New Balance. New Balance is hoping that he chooses either one of the L.A. teams. Everybody does because, uh, hey, even Jordan Brand, those jump man, she was trying to get him. Uh, that's probably why he left. Uh, who were here with a real jump man? But anyway, uh, why? It's like he has to do what's best for him. If he feels comfortable there. And I really believe if they didn't win that championship, it would have been a lot easier decision. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I believe the one time where a championship muddied the waters. But it just – but see, and I think – but it's like the Clippers, eh, they got a nice little roster. They can wait. The Lakers, 
it's a it's a huge risk they're taking by waiting because these players are being swallowed up. And I hear people talk about Kyle Corver, Kyle Corver yeah. twice. Or you got to – so, but it's a game that they have to go for because – well, hold on, because though. Hold for on. Some Kyle, Kyle Corver is washed. Kyle Corver is washed because last year he didn't have anybody creating shots for him. But some will say Kyle Corver has never had game. He, he does one thing and one thing well. And when he has someone that creates shots for him, Kyle Corver becomes a different player. When you got LeBron out there or, or AI or somebody uh, literally creating shots for you, you, you become a lot. You look, you look to be a lot better player when you don't have that around. But what? When you got what, what you trying Donovan to create Mitchell? shots for you, it don't work. What about Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell oh, creates shots for Donovan Mitchell creates shots for one person. Donovan. <laughs> for one person and one person only. Hey, guys, I don't know why. A couple of times when I watched Donovan Mitchell play, I kind of wish Jerry Sloan was his coach. I would love to see those um those, those timeouts. <laughs> oh, that would work. That would work. Donovan Mitchell is the kind of player that B. Austin loves. Donovan Mitchell does one thing. Like he put the clip in. Like when they when they had tip, he's loading in his clip, his banana clip, and as soon as the ball is tipped, he's letting it go. He, he he's yeah, letting it go. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing five on four. Rudy Gobert can't score. He's playing five That's on four. Five on three. Actually, it was five on three because you had Rubio also, who you could leave wide open also. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Oh, Rudy. So, Yo, Rudy just yeah. got a bag. They got a, they got, Yo, Rudy just got a bag. We, laughing, we, laughing, we laughing, but Utah got a squad now. And I will, I will say this. My new nickname for Donovan Mitchell is uh, Call of Duty because it's like watching somebody say Call of Duty. You're letting the blicky go, man. It's over. He's, he's shooting, man. So, um, yeah. With that being said, you know thanks for your call as always, man. Hey, you can, can I say this real quick? Go ahead, go ahead. I say this, I say this real quick. I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at the Knicks if they did. I believe they offered Katie the max, right? But even if they didn't, mm-hmm. it's hard to get mad at a team if the guy will come back at 32 years old off a torn Achilles. So that is what, if they feel like that's best, but also – Maybe just tanking and hoping for the free agent may not be the look. Maybe you should build your team up, get some assets like the Lakers did, and make that trade for that star, and then maybe appealing for that other guy. But, hey, you guys have a good one, man. All right, man. How's it going? Roll time. Roll time. That's a bias, everybody. If we have another call now, before we do, though, I want to give you a quarter of the week. Um, which comes from one Enos Spencer, right? So he he was offered a contract with the Blazers. Repeat this, the often. Here's his quote: that I was considering signing back with the Blazers, but they gave me only six minutes to the decision, and I felt pressure and didn't feel comfortable. So I told them I didn't think minutes, about it. So I can call my brother. Enos Enos can't hear you. So I can call my brother. So he can ask my family because I can't call my family directly. But they kept pushing, so I told them no. So he left the reason and signed with Boston. What do you think about it? First of all, the fact that you can't call your family directly because Enos Cantor is like on the um, he no fly zone with his country. Enos Cantor is, you know, uh, considered a war dude, criminal. He better never go home. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, that's, that's the one thing that stuck out to me. Like, okay, you got to him. You got to have an intermediary to talk to your family. That's crazy. 
But two, what do you think about the Blazers saying, yo, you got six minutes to make a decision? I think six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, ain't this canner you're on, uh, uh, on. Um, I think that shows the value that they have for, for him. Um, I'm not even trying to be funny, but time is money. And if they're only willing to give you six minutes, that lets you know how much value they have in you, and they wanted to move on to begin with. Yeah. That's, I that's how I think. There's no way they would they wouldn't have told Dame Miller, hey, you got six minutes. They wouldn't have treated him like that. So, I mean, in, in, in asking that, to me, especially in you're playing a sport like this where the money is yo, coming for all, yo, around, that's all around him. That's lightweight disrespectful. Like, in any, in any profession, in any profession, you're making somebody a job offer or a contract offer. You're going to tell them, yo, you got six minutes, my dog. Yo. Come on, fam. That's disrespectful. <laughs> yo, and this, yo, and this is a million dollar decision. You got six yo, you got, yo, you got six. Yo, what you going? Basically, that's basically telling you, yo, we don't really want you back. Cause if you say yes, we got a use for you. We'll take you, <laughs> but we we hope you stay no man. We don't even want to tell you no. Yo. So we just tell you, you got six minutes, yo. Come on, man. That's wild disrespectful. When you put it that way, that's wild disrespectful. But especially, like I said, especially in a sport where they throw money around. You know, they spent the first free agency, they spent like $2 billion. Like, so they're throwing all around the globe. And you tell this man, like, yo, six minutes for popping. Like, you just, you, you make, you disrespectful, my G. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Have you ever seen Ennis Cantor's interview? Yeah, he's fucking greasy too. Because of his accent, because he is kind of a smart aleck, and he is he is funny. Ennis is funny as Ennis Cantor is everything to the media that they wanted George Marathon to be, but George wasn't capable. Ennis Cantor is funny as hell, and he knows it. So I can imagine him telling this story, and I would if I was an owner, I would sign him just for the way he told the story. Because I know that it was hilarious. Hold up. Hold up, man. Hold up, man. They no longer call owners no more. They changed it. It's called uh, team governors, man. Owner, owners. Is, Yo, uh, the government NBA is... got the NBA got rid of the term owner, so they now call it team governors. On the, low, on the low, that's just as bad because the governor on Colonial Islands did the same thing the owners did on the plantation. But but you didn't hear that from me, though. Yeah. <laughs> we about to move on. Robbie, about to bring you on. We got a couple calls on the line, but before we do, um, stat of the week: the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team was the first to advance to three straight World Cup finals, and with their 11 consecutive wins in cup play, they now own record for the largest winning streak in the tournament. Um, I also saw something that the U.S. Women, uh, their their Nike jersey is the highest selling jersey um, ever. So the, the soccer team is doing um, amazing things. I know this ain't I know this ain't your twist, but yo, yo the U.S. yo the U.S. women's team can beat the U.S. men's team, yo. Yo, the U.S. men ought to be ashamed. They they deserve a JoJo. We could give them a JoJo just because I brought them up. The U.S. women's team is an amazing team, and they're cocky. They talk ish, and they celebrate on your ass after every goal. 
Like, they're like Nate Robinson. After every bucket, you get in a celebration. They are hilarious. <laughs> they are hilarious. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan already. I haven't seen one. Yeah, one, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any of it, but, oh, you're lucky. But based on, based on the way you, uh, the picture you paint, I already bang with them. But the, so my thing is, why is that, right? So I don't want to get into a deep discussion because mm-hmm. soccer definitely isn't my thing. I mean, um, I'm more of a rugby fan, but that's either here nor there. I, I picked up watching rugby when I was in Australia this past year. Rugby's amazing. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, why is it? Why is it that the women can flourish coaching? What's with, with the problem with the men um, at that at that level? Why aren't they flourishing the way the women are? Three things. Number one, the very best athletes in the United States of America don't play soccer. Number two, okay, the women. If if you have women that play soccer at this level, you you might you might shed a tear on this one. They are truly truly committed and passionate about the game because I'm not even being funny when I say this. There's only about six women in the United States of America that actually make money playing soccer. Like a professional women's soccer player in the United States of America, their salary is below the poverty level. The professional women's league, they make the minimum league minimum is $15,000 a season. League maximum is $50,000 a season. There's four, six players that make six figures. And the reason they make six figures is a combination of they, they play in Europe where they're paid significantly better or they have super duper um, endorsement deals. So Alex Morgan is in, has a great endorsement deal. Crystal Dunn, great endorsement deal. And she plays in Europe. And um, uh, the gay, the gay John, rap, rap, rapping notice, arguing with Donald Trump. Obviously, all gay people everywhere mm-hmm. support her. So that's how they make their money. So if you're a woman, you're a women's professional soccer player in the U.S., you are doing it strictly, dickly for the love. You see what I did there? You're doing it strictly for the love. So these women are so <laughs> passionate. They give so much to the game that they feel, A, they have a right to talk the ish they talk because these other teams that are there – their women are paid a lot better, and they should be responding a lot better. But the U.S. women, yo, they don't make that much bread. So they, they're all off the love, and this is their opportunity to show the world. And they dominate. They dominate. Okay, so with that, with that being said, I'm going to do what you say. We're going to do the Men of JoJo Award just so they can't um, compete with things. They should be Oh, yeah, also, um, the Blazers, yo, for being that disrespectful, yo. Yo, they gave my man six minutes. Check out our website at <laughs> While you're there, take your time and look around. <clears throat> Click the contact us tab and send a message about our company. Our show, or to inquire about sponsorship and advertising opportunities, or to join our network. General inquiries. Email is info at wolvensports.com. While you're browsing the site, click on the memorabilia tab to buy Wolven Sports merchandise. Click the blog tab to read our latest articles in the All Series Sports and World blog. And click the respective icons and tabs to follow us on all social media platforms. 
You can subscribe to the iTunes podcast. You can watch our webcast on Warren Sports TV. Download our free mobile app. Anything that we do, you can find at warmsports.com. You can join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room. That's at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. To enter the chat room, sign up for a free online profile, Blog Talk Radio, if you don't want to. Facebook or Twitter, you sign in right there. Uh, we're going to take questions all over the place from social media, um, the GroupMe app, anywhere that you want to send us a message, send us a message, and we'll you know, bring that to the show. To call in a sequel to this dial of Digital Stream Technologies Hotline, 623-410-0012, when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, press 1 if you want to talk. we got a couple people waiting to uh, be on the line now. Uh, Rob's been on for a minute. Let's get Rob from Cali. Let's get him on the line. Let's see. Rob, what's up, good brother? Can y'all hear me? What's up? Yeah, we hear you. What's good? How's the weather? Yo, what's up, man? Happy barbecue day. Yo, I love Cali in the summertime, a.k.a. this is baby-making season. What's good, man? How y'all doing? Wow. Oh, wow. I wonder if you beat John's going to make a big Huh? <laughs> we don't necessarily celebrate Fourth of July. This is to me. This is Frederick Douglass Day, but that's either here nor there. Um, how's the weather? I, I, I said barbecue day. I said barbecue day. I ain't say happy Fourth of July. But yeah, man, that's good. You did say that. You know, you did, you I will. Did. I, I will say this: the weather is who is nice, man. Yo, pool party. Yo, all I gotta say, man, is I hit and miss, man. But how y'all doing, man? What's good? Man, we we blessed, Hello? brother. We uh, we are blessed. What you uh, what you think about what your Lakers are doing in free agency, man? It's uh, man, I'm excited. I I was gonna say a lot of things, but I'm gonna save all my uh, my commentary if we sign Kawhi. You know, I was about to go up and say so a bunch of crazy stuff. A bunch of stuff, y'all might, yeah, <laughs> y'all might look at. <laughs> I'm about to go talk, talk crazy, but you know, what I think is, it's one of the things where all the experts are not experts because this is one of the most unorthodox athletes, I guess we ever seen in our time because they say, oh, we don't know, you know, always oh, gonna sign here, always oh, gonna sign with Toronto because he's in Toronto, but. He went in Toronto because Toronto said that they want the last presentation. That's why we're back to Toronto. You know, he's a man of his word. And, uh, you know, um, I think, to be honest, two things. One, I'm excited. I'm excited if that does sign does happen, you know, not, because now we went from, like, you know, the last Jedi. Well, now we can be Darth Vader. We can be the envy of the NBA. But the basketball competitive side really wants me wants me to wants really I want Kawhi to stay in Toronto, you know because but you know that's, I don't think that's gonna happen. Rob, Rob, I, I respect you highly for making that statement, man, because that's exactly where I am. The only place I don't want him to go is the Lakers, and it's not personal against the Lakers at all. It's just I, I can't take the super teaming, man. I can't take it. It's not right. my twist. I hate it. Like, competitively, I want them to stay in Toronto. And outside of the Sixers winning a chip, I wouldn't even mind seeing Toronto try and repeat. Like, I like seeing Kawhi oh, do it on his own shoulder. Like, here's my thing, I right? Mean, so now, um, 
And we don't have that. We gotta we gotta move on, Rob. We don't have much time, but I, I do want to say this though. I want to see Kawhi at this point. I do want to see him on the Lakers because, and I wouldn't mind seeing him going somewhere else if he would have made it fast. But now, it's kind of like we're stuck in a situation where the Lakers couldn't even sign some of these mid-level guys and spread that money out on some mid-level guys because they basically went in on Kawhi. So if Kawhi doesn't sign now. They're in a little truck, so I do need him to sign with the Lakers. Now, if he doesn't sign with the Lakers, I still rather him to go to the Lakers than I would Toronto. You know, um, come home to, to America. I don't want the, I don't want Toronto. I want Toronto to be taken away from the league. Look at respect to Toronto. It's a beautiful city. Um, you know, but it, it, listen, it's a different country, man. Like NBA drawn having a team in a different country. Um, and by the way, I, I love Toronto. Love the poutine. The city is amazing, beautiful, everything. But come on, man, come come to the Clippers I'm, now. Let's see. Let's say Kawhi makes the Clippers a a, a title contender. Now you got to start looking at him as someone who's on the third team. And so I would rather him go to the Clippers and try to like you know redo the magic there or create a better story there than to stay in Toronto. Um, but at the same time, I want to look the Lakers because at this point the Lakers will win. So that's kind of what I'm saying with the whole thing. But um, go ahead, Rob. You got a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a couple more calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two things. Yeah, I hear you because, you know, I really want the Lakers. If Kawhi, I think the backup plan should have been Fine D'Angelo. But, you know, that that that's out of picture. So I hope I really hope they get Kawhi now. Now I will say yeah, this. You, I'm not, uh, Rob, you've been willing to bring his snitching ass back into the locker room. You'd have been cool with it. Yes, yeah, 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 yes. And then, and there was an argument that was going to be made. There was an argument to be made that if Magic Johnson was still the president, then you know, um, everything. Then, then Kawhi, it would have been automatic. Like Kawhi's coming. But thanks to Rob Palenka. Mm, I mean, I don't know. If, if, if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about snitches That's and snakes, of- Rob Palenka. But oh come on man, listen, no, listen, there, listen, right? listen. Wait, 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 listen. Because I want to talk about other teams, but I'm gonna tell you like this: if Kawhi does come to LA, y'all gotta give the Wild Dog give Magic Johnson props. He's the H and I C. He's not even there. He's still the H and I C. But listen, let me tell you something, man. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Part of me feels like Magic did that whole thing just so he could tamper. And um, he's been talking to Kawhi because if he steps down, he's a part of the team. So I think he's been tampering this whole time. But that's just my thought. Um, so I think that the whole Magic thing was like a big show. It was all fun. I can see that. It was his way of stepping down so he can go tamp. He tampered with Anthony and, and, Davis and they got that done. And then he tampered with uh, <laughs> my opinion. And 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 Jimmy and Jimmy should never. And Jay Bush had never left Philadelphia. I don't know why. I mean, him, okay, okay, him with Houston would have been terrible. It would have been like uh, just a, just a, a broader strength. It would have been a catastrophe, a catastrophe. So they avoided that. But why would you go to the Heat where you're loved in Philly? You, you got like two, two, two young players who are good. Joel and B, you can rest him um, until 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 the well, playoffs, well, until late in the season. Things. All right, so so being here in Philly, the couple things I'm hearing is he absolutely hated Brett Brown. He wanted nothing to do with Brett Brown at all. That's the one thing I heard. 
Um, and also, who? Um, who? no tax, and you get to live on South Beach. Uh, this is my, uh, Jimmy Butler. Why Jimmy Butler leaves Philly? That's, oh, that's Jimmy didn't like Brett Brown. And that's allegedly. I don't know how true. That's what the word in like a local sports talk. I've heard it said a couple of times that he actually hates Brett Brown. Didn't want to play for him. And, um, you know, Miami, you know, has, again, me and BR talked earlier. A lot of these decisions aren't even basketball related. They're, they're lifestyle related. So it's sort of like Brown went to Miami, right? The one thing that's never talked about in the story is this whole plan of him um, and Bosh and them playing together is that LeBron was trying to make it happen in Cleveland. And both Wade and Bosh was like, no, nah, my G, we're not moving to Cleveland. We can make this happen. And Bosh was like, yeah, um, no, I ain't coming to Cleveland. But, you know, you come to there, we, we can make it happen. I'm trying to live on South Beach. So um, a lot of the lifestyle decisions, man, it's not even about uh, basketball per se. But if that's I mean, the case, don't I'm, sit around and say, that, hey, I want to win. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, but still, it's the, it's like what I said before about with the Lakers. People ask why the Lakers haven't made the playoffs in six years it, oh, oh, because they're right. It's a lifestyle decision, but also it's also business management. You got Pat Riley and Eric, you know, you know, Spolstra is a decent coach. I think we can we can agree that he's a decent coach. He's not that bad, yeah. and he's not. So let me, let me put you down, Rob. We gotta move on, but let me put you down with a quick secret, real quick. Let me put you down with a quick secret that I learned just like you know, um, doing the war for several years at this point, almost a decade and getting a chance to talk to professional athletes and guys that play at a high level, something that kind of my heart, but it's a fact. A lot of these guys don't care. They don't care about their sport. They don't care about competing. They don't care about competitive greatness and all the things that we grow up thinking the game is about. A lot of these dudes just want to get money and live a good life. They don't care about championships. And some off the record will literally tell you that. So, you know, sorry to break your heart, but that's, that's a not saying that's what Jimmy Butler did, but that's what it appears from the outside looking in. Some of these dudes don't care. No, you, 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 you know, you know what that is true. I mean, the, the one of the best interviews I've seen like past month was uh Dennis Rodman, one of my favorite players all the time, Dennis Rodman. And one thing Dennis Rodman said, he said he been saying it for years since like Shaq and him came in the league. No pun intended, Shaq. But he said like. These players playing the league don't like you said. He said they don't care. All they, they don't care about the love of the basketball. They don't care about the love of the game. All they care about is getting a, getting a check. You know, I mean, this Dennis Rama is the only dude I know that could party to like four in the morning, go to practice, and then after the game go on a treadmill. Listen, man. And then part and then part and do the whole night. Yeah, listen, man. A lot of them dudes back in the day didn't have IG models throwing throwing um um you know making. Uh, offerings to them on a daily basis, so they ain't have to deal with that. But, Rob, we got to move on, though, man. Thanks for your call. Don't forget to hit us back next Thursday, um, and we appreciate it, Rob. All right? All right, peace, y'all. Salute, Rob. Peace. Go find each other. We got got our brother Hank on the phone. We definitely got to get Hank on, but I want to bring up one more story before we bring Hank on just to uh, get his opinion, too, right? Um, And... You talked about Katie and all that. I want to add one more story into this. Is that the fact that the, uh, the Golden State said they're going to um, – as a matter of fact, though, before I do that, let's introduce this, though. We're going to bring up a couple of topics that happened while you were on the grind, which is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you're tired of reading the same old sports book, here's what you got to do. you got to get Sports the Book. There's two places to get it. You can get it at sportsthebook.com or you can go right to our hub of sports.com. Uh, you know, so – why You Were On The Grind is definitely brought to you by Sports The Book. But the first story that I want to bring up in terms of uh, what happened while you were on the grind is this whole thing with the Golden State Warriors, right? So we talked about them losing uh, 
KD, right? So now they lost KD. They said they are going to retire his jersey. My man was there for like what three, four years. Retire his jersey. Let's bring our brother Hank on. Hey, um, Hank. So we talked about yo, everything yo. going on in the NBA. We talked about the Warriors and all that. I gotta get your opinion on my man getting his jersey retired in the state. Like, really? Is this yeah, Billy I mean, Beige? Yeah, this is Billy Beige in the flesh. What's going on, fellas? AKA not right now. <laughs> not right now, you know. You know what I mean? Right Independence Day to your governors, you know. You know, glad they were able to get their freedom all them years ago. Um, yeah, yo, uh but 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 jumping on the uh on the Kevin Durant thing, uh, you know, all that is that that's just a little cover up to to, to avoid the lawsuit. You know, Iggy got on, on the radio last week. He was he was letting them know that you know how bad the medical staff is. All the words coming out of KD's camp was he, he felt like he got lied to. So they just trying to they just trying to uh, make peace and make it look good and you know uh, uh, do what they can to avoid uh, Kevin Durant coming back with some sort of lawsuit against them. So it's even it's even worse it's even worse than that. It goes it goes deeper it goes deeper than that. Because this is a PR stunt, not just to cover Durant, but so they can go out to any other new free agent and say, hey, look how good we treated Kevin when he walked out on us. Mm-hmm. That's the move. They want to use this marketing tool. Trust. My thing Absolutely. is, my thing is, is um, are they going to retire Iggy's number two? I mean, Iggy was a big part of what they did there. Nah, man. Iggy was snitching, man. Snitches don't get retirement jerseys. Yeah, I mean, it don't matter that he got almost as many. He don't believe it. I was watching the interview. I'm like, yo, my man don't believe in no comments. He just answered whatever they asked him. (laughs) Whatever they asked. Great thing. Iggy yeah. had to know. It, it, I'm like, Iggy had to know he was out the door. That that those were the actions of a man that knew he was he was on his last couple minutes there. So he just decided to air everything out as he was as he was on his way out the door. But yeah, Iggy Iggy could Iggy might be able to come back for you know um, players of the of the 2010s night or something like that in a couple years. But a jersey retirement, nah, bro, that ain't happening for him. Oh damn, damn. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I think the funny thing is, I think that's going to sound, this is going to sound real wild what I'm getting ready to say, but it's context of what I'm saying. <laughs> I think his loss might be not not just as bad as KD's loss, but I think it's, it's, it's right there with the loss of KD. Because I don't, I don't think oh, that, one of the I things that's why before they had, I think Kevin, you did they had an amazing squad. And one, and one part of the squad that they had was death. And in getting KD, they kind of lost their depth. Now you lose your depth and you lose KD. So that's what's kind yeah. of tough for them. And they were able to put in whoever was the best wing. Right. Um, you know, if the other team had a, had a big guard, they they put him on there. And he would, I, I, no matter what, even in his older age, Iggy is an athlete, man. Like, he is a uh, he, he's a, he's a, he is a he's an African Man, we come to running and jumping. He's an African, not an African. You could put, you could put Iggy. Iggy could play in his prime. Maybe not today, but in his prime, he could play the when he got there. The one, the two, the three, and for stretches, you could put him on the four. Defensively, he's a guy. Him and Raymond, where you can switch all screens. Just switch, 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 switch. Offensively. 
even though, you know, he has his issues with shooting, he can hit the trade ball, and he's a great passer. So he fit. He was as integral. Jimmy, I don't think what you're saying is crazy at all. He fit into what they had to do. He was their ultimate utility guy behind Draymond. That, that loss is big for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I think what you said is the biggest key. Having him and Draymond on the floor at the same time, and they both could switch off screens. That 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 was what made the team crazy. Yeah, but yo, I got two things I want to talk about real quick. Um, one, yes, sir. jumping on what y'all were saying with the um, with the U.S. women's national team, I think I, I think they would lose to the men's national team. I, I don't think I, I don't think it'd even be close. I, they would lose to the men's national team. But I think the more important thing is that soccer is one of the few sports in which it's just as entertaining to watch the women play as it is to watch the men play. They can Billy Bage, yeah. not true. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to it, cut it you off. It is, man. It is. As far as intensity, as far as since everyone is almost the same speed, you don't notice that they're a little bit slower than the men. They could do pretty much the same moves. I think soccer, I think tennis, I think track and swimming – you can enjoy watching the women do just as much without thinking that, oh, my God, they're not they're not as close to being the athletes that the men are. Like, when you're watching a WNBA well, game, think, you consistently think that this isn't close to being what the NBA is. But those other sports... I, I, I really can't comment on that because I, I, I haven't watched soccer at all. Like, I just don't watch soccer. But my question is this, though. Speaking of that, I, I saw this whole thing online, people trying to get a petition done to have the WNBA lower the rims. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Do you guys, do you guys think that will make the game more exciting, or you know, all of a sudden they're dunking on each other? They got lower rims. <laughs> um, um, no, I would not like. No. I would like. I would not like to see that. Um, step your game up, get your squats on, ladies, and uh, pop them pills if you need to. In terms of <laughs> soccer, you know what, no. Billy Bage, I may be a little wrong in a sense that at the pinnacle, meaning the very, very top of, of women's professional soccer, yeah, you're 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 you have a point. I guess I've I've been entrenched in youth soccer and yeah, I can tell yeah. you it, oh my God, watching girl watching girl soccer is <laughs> is like watching paint dry. The athleticism <laughs> is terrible. However the point you make, I'm thinking of the great girls soccer players that I have watched, and there's one thing that unifies them all. They all play with guys for the most part until they get to the elite level or the elite teams. Then you have a whole bunch of elite females that grew up playing against guys, so you can't necessarily tell the difference. But at the lower levels, not you know, not what we're watching in the in the in the World Cup, but at the lower levels, yo, it's bad, man. It's bad, man. It is it is right. horrendous. Well, um, watching talk. What was the other? What was the other story you want to talk about, Hank? I know you said you had two stories. That was one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hank, um, don't but, but real quick on the, don't on the WNBA. I don't think the problem. Hank, is don't the, let the me do football soccer. <laughs> I don't. I don't think on the WNBA the problem is the height of the rims. It's really just the fact that, that they can't jump, man. Like, hey, shout out to the War Room Sports, you know, group me. Remember, we were looking at the, like, top ten dunks of all time in the WNBA, and they literally, 
they don't get off the ground. That, that's the problem. Like, there's nobody who's able to jump more than, like, a foot and a half off the ground. Like, the, the one chick is, like, 6'10", so, of course, she can dunk, but it's all it's all reach. It's all arms. Nobody can float. Yeah, I'm not laughing at so I'm, so laughing, lower in the rim, I'm laughing at the person that put that video together. Because who put that video together <laughs> was strolling, like, that, that's what made it funny, like, the room did it, because, you know. Yeah, there's just no float to their to their dunk, so it, it doesn't matter if the rim was lower. It would it would just you know compound the fact that they don't float. All right. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about was right. um was Sixers man. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Shake Milton man, he he's gonna be the key. He's gonna be the key next year. Everything is gonna come down to whether or not Shake can make that make that jump and be that actual backup point guard that we need. Because I mean I know we signed yeah. the, the the handsome Brazilian dude and all that. But it's going to come down to whether or not Shake can be somebody that can sometimes play next to Ben, but more importantly, spell Ben for, you know, 10 minutes a game. What's your thoughts I on know, that? I know Hank has been going off all week. He's been going off all week about the season needing a backup point guard. And to me, that, 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 the funniest thing about that is I know fans of all kinds. I know fans of the Dallas Mavericks. I know fans of the Knicks, fans of the Lakers, fans of teams all across the country. And I've never seen anyone complain about, yo, we need a bad point guard, the way Hank was going in about a backup point guard. But to me, that <laughs> itself was funny. Um, <laughs> that itself was funny. But I think it's a valid point when you have um, your starting point guard, because, I mean, TJ did his thing. You can say what you want to say about TJ, but he he, he did what he had to do. Um, yeah. He just had the slowest so release. I think that, that is a unique that, that situation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. But – yeah, the Jamal Wilkes type release, so uh, not form but release. But um, pause. So I, I think that's a good point, though. I think it's a good point. When we start to talk about getting deep in the playoffs, um, that in the Sixers are a team that's you know, expected to go deep in the playoffs. That that's going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, what do you think about like Jimmy going to Miami, though? Uh, I mean. You know, obviously, I wanted to keep Jimmy. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. But at the end of the day, like, it, Jimmy, I'm out here, man. Jimmy, Jimmy talked all that. I want to yeah. win. The only thing that's important to me is winning. And at the end of the day, he wanted nice weather and beautiful women. So, you know, he can go enjoy himself. I'm glad we got basically a, a cheaper, um, a, a little bit less of a diva version of Jimmy, you know, not as, not as good, obviously offensively, but I think somebody that actually tries a little harder defensively um, and will, and will be good enough for us on offense. So, you know, best of luck to Jimmy where he is and, and we move on. Listen, only Jimmy I respect in Miami is Captain Jimmy. So <laughs> only, only, I mean, I heard, I only Jimmy I respect me. in Miami will say this. I had people telling me that Jimmy was going to get a standing ovation and, you know, Jimmy was going to be this guy that, that uh, the, the team will always bring back after he retired. I'm like, yo, my man played three months in Philly, and he didn't even take us anywhere further than we were the year before him. Like, yo, J- Jimmy was cool, but it's all right. We move on, man. Pretty much. Pretty no, much. Uh, Last I, I like I like Jimmy um, objectively, but I'm beginning to feel like Jimmy Butler is a little overrated. 
Yeah. Mm, we'll see. But let's, let's, all right, last thing before you get out of here, I want to get you and be all stood on this about uh, this with Nike yeah. pulling Betsy Ross head, um the shoe because Kaepernick says it was racially insensitive. First of all, who knew Cap had that kind of use? Um, but he got him to pull it, and he got him to pull it by pointing out the flag is being used for. What did you think about this story, uh, uh, Hank, before you get out of here? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, like, coming from Philly, I never even thought of the Betsy Ross flag as being, you know, something racist. Like, Jimmy made me check myself. Like, yo, I've been to the Betsy Ross house a couple times. I didn't know I was in a racial, you know, area like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I said Jimmy. I meant uh, Cap. Um, but, yeah, it didn't really it didn't really bother me. I thought I thought Cap was reaching a little bit on that one. But also, when you do, you know, pull it back and you say that y'all celebrating the flag when we were still slaves, I mean, I, I see his point. Um, but, but it don't matter. I wasn't. But there's a second part of that. There's a second part of that. There's a second part of that. Their flag has been co-opted by the several white supremacist groups. It's like their logo. Um, so I heard that, like but have you ever seen that? I've never, I've never seen any white rock in the Betsy Ross. I literally have. Okay. All right. I have. I've seen pictures. Okay. Like I've seen, like I have seen them. Like this, like when they marched on, um, on on uh, what was that, South Carolina, or whatever. A lot of them had it then. Yeah. I've seen it at their like their rallies or whatever. And you know, it's kind of like a double entendre for them in terms of like it being an American flag, but also harkens back to it. I mean, I guess America was great in their eyes or whatever. However, they want to put it. But half uh, of them um, are part of the thirteen. Half of them weren't part of those thirteen stars on that flag, though. So, so what are y'all talking about? Here, here, the counter. I, I give, the I give, I give my brothers, I give my brothers and and sisters a benefit of the doubt, in that they have not necessarily reached back as far into American history as maybe they could have or should have, because it's always a negative for us as we go deep. Yeah. But there's really nothing in American history that isn't weighted towards racism against us the further back you go. So it's like when when white people get really, really excited about the history of this, this country pre-1960, what isn't insulting to black America about that? Yep. But, yep. but here's, my thing, here's my thing, right? So, so on one hand, the flag is never supposed to be desecrated or put on any sort of clothing, but then on the other hand, you get mad when they pull it. I, there's so many like pieces to this center that are hilarious to me. That um, and my thing is, I saw the like the online vitriol towards Nike and people pulling their planes. I'm like, cool, like <laughs> just don't buy it. They're not buying Nikes anyway, man. Like, exactly, exactly. Like, I, I, listen, if I feel like a company or something doesn't um, you know, kind of like operate in my beliefs, I just don't support. Them. It's really that simple. I just thought that was interesting, though, because some people thought Cat was breaching. Some people was like, oh, no, you start digging, you see how that flag was used, and some thought it was like a non-story. Like, you know, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, but I think, it, you know, like, I think Cat does. He, he brings up one of the points that we, we talk about a lot is that why it's important to have diversity and people of different, you know, colors and backgrounds in those rooms yeah. when you're making decisions because, you know, a group of white people would have never even thought about the fact that that could have been right. even remotely something offensive. So it's good that Cap is Great in the point. position with Great Mikey point. to at least be able to say that. Great point. But, all right, brothers. Great point. Thank I you for having me, bottom, man. man. I'm questioning the Cap. 
I'm questioning why Cap exists. I ain't seen him in a while, man. He might not even exist no more, man. Like, you know, yeah, he's an idea. So, anyway, man, thank you your call, man. Go, go enjoy right, your Frederick Douglass day, man. All right. Peace. Uh, support Billy Dave. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I want to, before we move on, I want to send a rest in power shout out to Tyler Skaggs, who died at the age of 27. He was uh, the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles pitcher. Um, also, want to send a um, shout out to Bonilla. So, Tuesday was Bobby Bonilla Day, where he got like his one point, uh, whatever million dollars it is that he gets on the annual basis from the Mets. Uh, How many more payments he got? Chatty Patty. Hashtag. I think he gets paid, How many more he gets paid until 2035. The, the most interesting thing about the Bobby Bonilla story that a lot of people don't know is that the the, the reason the, the Bobby here's the most interesting thing people a lot of times I, and I watch and they say oh the Mets is dog but when you when you look at the actual story this was a Bernie Madoff scam so one of one of Bernie Madoff's biggest clients was the New York Mets and on paper he was getting them astronomical returns so. The way they looked at it was instead of paying him this money that we owe him right now, um, this five million or whatever it was, we'll stretch it out over uh, you know, so many years and pay you a smaller amount because we'd rather take that capital and give it to Madoff who's giving us sixty percent. And so giving you back, basically they were trying to leverage his money to make more money. And what they didn't know is Madoff was cooking the books. So in a weird way, Bobby Bonilla came up because Bernie Madoff was. He won. He won in the Mets loss, and I'm I'm happy for him. So shout to Bobby Bonilla. Um, just wanted to bring that up. Um, so of course, the one thing that we do in every world show is give out some day shout outs. Um, (laughs) and we want to always give birthday shout outs. These birthday shout outs are brought to you by absolutely nobody, though. So uh, if you do have a company or something and you're looking to sponsor something, you can sponsor our birthday segment because we are looking for one. But anyway, we got to give some uh, birthday shout-outs and not too many of them. But there are a couple. The great Harvey and Horace Grant, they birthed to him for the Twins that both play the National Basketball Association. Rest in power, shout-out to George Steinbrenner, the owner. Now, a couple owners that we give a shout-out to. Both are uh, deceased, but they were... Um, legendary governors. That's George Steinbrenner. Excuse me, governors. That's George Steinbrenner, Major League Baseball, and also Al Davis uh, from the National Football League or the AFL, whatever one you you know you relate to. Anyway, man, time to move on to talk some more about this NBA rap uh, because the NBA rap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technology. If you need a custom website, stop using your Facebook page, stop using Wix, and get you a custom website. You can do that by going to Digital Extreme Technologies. You can find them at digitalextremetech.com, or you can call 267-205-4203, and make sure you tell them that Warham Sports sent you because that's how you get that, you know, that breakdown rate. But you will get a website and not a Wix site. Um, you know, so anyway, it's time to talk about basketball. So we talked about a lot of the things that we want to cover in basketball, but, um, you know, Tobias, Tobias Harris signed back with the Philadelphia 76ers, and we got about 180 million reasons why they were able to keep Tobias. Jimmy is gone. Um, 
are you happy about them being able to keep Tobias Harris? Um, yeah, I, I am. Um, I think that given the right circumstances and situation, Tobias Harris can elevate his game to a B-list or B-level star. Um, I see the potential in him. I think I think we can get between 20 and 23 points a game, um, seven or eight boards, two or three assists out of Tobias Harris. That that's what I see as his ceiling. Um, I think 180 million is a is a big gamble, but again, that's the market. So it, it's it's difficult for me to look at the contract and the numbers and reconcile it because I still think of 180 million dollars is just 180 million dollars. That's just so much money to me for someone. <laughs> period. But definitely for someone who's not an all star, someone who's not you know a, a Superstar. I don't even know that I'd call Tobias Harris a star yet. So the money is is crazy. So I like to even leave that out of the conversation and just say, all right, we've re-signed him. Cool. I see where he fits and how he makes sense. He's more than a three and D guy, you know, although he gives you three and D. What Paul said, I like to. What I, what I like interest. What I find interesting about this uh, Tobias Harris. Let's talk about this in the group the other day. I remember when Tobias first came in the league and, you know, he was working on this game. They were trying to bulk him up. He was a J-Bowl-looking boy, and he kind of figured it out. He slimmed down, got in better shape, developed developed his shot. Um, he kind of found himself in the league. And I see a lot of guys around the league like that now. It was interesting to me, getting back to our earlier conversation, guys are playing so young. But after a couple of years, the guys that literally put the work in, Work themselves into good players, which is what Tobias did. He 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 worked to get this hundred and eighty million dollars. Like he wasn't um, a twenty point per game scorer coming into the league, but he actually worked towards that to the point where he can average twenty a game. So I just want to salute him because I you see the work he put in to become the player that he is. Um, the Sixers also lost JJ Redneck, as we call him, and Al Horford. Um, the Al Horford came into the Sixers in a, on a huge deal, so. And Devin made the joke that uh, Al Horford basically got paid because the Sixers paid him to stop bullying Embiid because he was bullying Embiid every time the Sixers played the Celtics. So he bullied his way into like a ninety million dollar deal, hundred million deal that is uh, with the Sixers. Uh, so so yeah. him for bullying his way into multi. Um, I like Al Horford. I, I like him. I respect his story. He's another guy. I just can't see the money, man, for the production. Like, at his age, we know that he's had his ceiling. So we're paying him on yeah, the backside of his – You got to stop looking at the money, man. That, yeah, the reason I think that's uh, the yo. money is because the money is like, – This is the point that Tobias was making earlier. The money is so ridiculous because of the TV contract that everybody's – Yo, like, everybody, yo I get it. I know you're explaining it to me logically and I get it logically, I, but I just can't get it. You understand? Like it's, I get it. I know it's, it's, I know what it is, but it's still a hundred million for Al Horford. Dog, do you, you do realize that in a couple, like next year, the year kicks in, James Harden's getting ready to make in his contract something like 48 million per year. Like, yeah. he's going to make it two years when Michael Jordan made his whole career. So it, it it scales up. So not only are the guys down there making it, that's because you're looking at that as superstar money. 
Yo, that's two years for this This whole contract is what Harden's going to be making in two years. Yo, I can't. I so can't even. Up. I so can't even. The money is ridiculous all over the board. These guys are making with CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Make. That's what they're making. But anyway, um, so that's what happened. Ben Simmons got a. a, a, a here's the funny thing about this, and I didn't think about this until Jeff pointed it out. He's like, I, I was like, Ben Simmons got a new contract. He said, No, he got a contract offer. I said, well, That sounds interesting because. I didn't think about it when I saw the headline. I'm like, offer, huh? So he didn't necessarily sign right away. What's that mean? Who knows? Um, Yo, the West Coast to chase Kardashian cakes. He not staying. This boy out, yo. This is true. Remember Walker got his bread um, in Boston. Got his little max deal. He's going to be out there gunning. Salute to him. D'Angelo Russell, that we mentioned earlier, went to Golden State as part of a deal. Um, Isaiah Thomas, IT is down playing with the Washington uh, Bullets, because that's what I'm calling them. Um, so he's down there. Utah made a bunch of moves. I, you know, um, they got your man, Mike Conley, your favorite guy. But they have a couple players. Uh, um, they're looking like they can be. It, what's interesting is Utah, right? All the, that, all the players moving around, seems interesting to me, are like foreign teams, but Utah and Denver. They both have like legitimate teams that can go deep in the playoffs. So, um, just want to run through those real quick because we definitely got to get out of here, man. So, be awesome. Yo, all the moves that happened in free agency. Out of all the moves that happened in free agency, what's the most interesting to you before we get out of here? Um, D'Angelo Russell to uh, the Dubs. That that's most interesting because I see what they're trying to do. I respect the effort. I just don't will know if he's the player that fits. Yeah, will it work? Will okay. it work? All and right. in the short term, it may. Clay's not there. All right. All right. Good point. Good point. Good point, man. But listen, man, thanks for rocking with me. We got to get out of here, everybody. It's time to roll out. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, everybody in the group chat. We appreciate it. All the people that called through. Listen, salute y'all. Those that didn't get through, we apologize. But tune in next week, live right here on demand as we catch up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your Frederick Douglass Day on the 4th. With everyone you celebrate, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. We'll see you right back here next time. Catch everything we do at The Hub. You can catch all our social media activity, our blogs, webcasts, network podcasts. Everything is The Hub, warrensports.com. Make sure you pick up my book, Sports the Book. You can do that at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't expect mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against spirits. And we now see you chump for
Chief Flow Chase me, royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us What real sports? War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.